plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. power partners. I love the idea of being inspired and motivated and encouraged and empowered and we hope that that's what will happen for you. Welcome to Star Style. Be the star you are. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Network and I am your host Cynthia Bryan. In today's show in segment two we will have Floridian author Elizabeth McCullough who has written a environmental fable called Dreaming the Marsh. And it really has uh, Mother Nature at the center of it. So it's kind of exciting. We'll be talking to her. And in segment three, we'll be talking about how this, uh, the between the pandemic, the sizzling heat, the suffocating smoke, you know, how many people feel like it's reason to despair. But We're also going to look at how we can have more kindness and empathy for one another and hopefully get outside and plant some bulbs and seeds and, you know, get into the garden. It usually makes us feel better. And if you have been sheltering uh, mostly at home for the past six months, you're probably getting wanderlust. So before you travel anywhere, you might want to do some homework and get uh, get it's a good idea to maybe buy travel insurance that would specifically include COVID-19. Well, the miracle moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are charity. Please visit bethestarur.org. We are continuing our Wednesdays with writers and performers through Operation Disaster Relief, as well as on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Sundays at 3 p.m. We're doing Super Smart Sundays to give authors, actors, artists, entertainers, and those who have had their live performances and events canceled due to this pandemic a platform to shine. So we hope that you will join us here Wednesdays, 4 to 5 p.m., and also on Sundays at 3 p.m. So the Miracle Moment is from Paul Coelho. Life has many ways of testing a person's will either by having nothing happen at all or by having everything happen all at once. And this year, it seems like everything happened all at once and we all started feeling like nothing at all is happening because it is Groundhog Day almost every day. So if you are starting to feel cooped up, and I think most people have since it's been since March that... um, You know, most people have been following the mandates to shelter in place when possible and not gather in big gatherings, etc. And uh, so you may be wanting to take a road trip or something. Now, the good news is, is that some countries are starting to reopen for tourists, states as well. But the more challenging news is the strict requirements that have been imposed for travelers, especially coming from anywhere in the United States. So, Before you go anywhere, even in the U.S. or your own state, get informed on the necessary steps that you may need to take 
and consider uh, getting some travel insurance that specifically gives you coverage for COVID-19 because most travel insurance doesn't. Now, many countries are requiring a negative test result required for entry. So the country you're visiting might require residents to provide a proof of a recent negative COVID-19 test upon arrival. So you have to plan accordingly. Now, that's a hard thing to do these days because tests are not readily available. It can take, you know, up to 10 days to get your results back. And by then, goodness, if you were asymptomatic, you could have infected many people. So obviously, if you're traveling, they want to see something that's within the last 24 hours, preferably, but sometimes 48. Now, most travel insurance policies will not cover the cost of tests taken prior to departure. However, insured travelers that test positive for COVID before departing, they might be covered to cancel their trip if their policy includes cancellation coverage for contracting the coronavirus. Again, you're going to want to check with whatever insurance that you have. Now, as far as mandatory medical coverage for COVID-19, Certain countries now require travelers to have medical insurance that specifically covers the treatment of COVID-19. So your travel insurance policy may include emergency medical and medical evacuation coverage, but it may or may not include that for COVID-19. So it is up to you to look for that, look for a company that uh, offers that, and hopefully um, that's what you're going to be able to take. Now, cancellation benefits due to economic reasons, the coronavirus pandemic and the subsequent European travel ban has really had a harsh impact on economies everywhere, causing concerns for airlines, travel suppliers, and forcing many people to alter their travel plans for job-related reasons. And so many companies now are not sending their people out to conferences or to meetings, and they're doing everything online by Zoom or Skype or whatever. Um, So unfortunately, canceling due to a travel supplier canceling your trip um, um, during this travel ban is generally not covered by travel insurance. Now, there are situations where some travel insurance coverage might apply, and this would include the following. The financial default benefit can reimburse your prepaid and non-refundable trip expenses if your travel supplier suspends services due to financial circumstances. Now, the financial default benefit, um, that is something, you'll again, you have to just check your policy because not all of them have that. The cancel for work reasons benefit can reimburse your prepaid and non-refundable trip expenses if you need to cancel because your pre-approved vacation time is revoked due to an obligation to work. Now, that, of course, has to be documented by your employer. And then the employment layoff benefit can reimburse your prepaid and non-refundable trip expenses if you must cancel following an involuntary layoff or termination of employment. Now, typically, it is required that you have worked for the same employer for one to three years as a minimum. And of course, that also depends on the policy. So every uh, policy is different, and you're going to have to check it. So as you head back out to safely explore the world, be sure that you understand the restrictions that you uh, may be faced with and thoroughly vet 
your travel insurance policy to make sure you are covered in these really um, very challenging times. Now, I was just reading, um, a colleague of mine had written an article called Practicing Civility, and I thought it was so, it was just so terrific for these times, because I just agree with her that we are in just kind of a very mean, a mean time. People are just not being as kind as they could be. And we need mismanners more than ever. All around us are more and more instances of people treating each other rudely, dismissively, or even hostily. And some, even if you're on next door, I'm not, but some people are. Some postings got so nasty that the leaders needed to remind participants of the rules of contact for using the site. Now, society has already slipped in to uh, a kind of a negative decorum before COVID uh, came along. And, but the example from different leaders of our government has been one of hurling insults and inflammatory remarks at people too many times to even count. And um, her name is Margie, who's writing this, and she was really concerned about the message that is going out to our kids, all these mean political messages and to grandchildren who are impressionable and any kind of youth. But frustration so many parts of our society has seeped down to us average citizens, and people are not holding back. Disagreeing respectively seems to have lost its allure. Now, one controversial subject surrounding us at this time is how to keep safe during COVID or whether to even try very hard. Some are strictly observing recommendations and wearing masks and keeping their distance, while others are not doing it all, thinking that they're immune or they just don't care. So if we understand how easily we can be provoked when we're more frustrated and fearful, maybe we can avoid controversy with others. I think just about all of us are feeling less in control. We're feeling more helpless and we're feeling more anxious. I mean, there's worry, stress, isolation. It can affect levels of brain serotonin and cortisol, which then can have a very negative impact on our mood. And with so many challenges facing us, it's especially important to try to conduct ourselves reasonably, even if other people we may encounter occasionally are not. It is... I just a battle with others when we need to preserve our strength and determination to be safe from the virus, healthy in general, and economically secure. We need to be able to function at work, keep our jobs, help our kids navigate their current school and social situations, and so many other things. So how can we be good role models for our children and others and not our, let ourselves be negatively triggered? Here are a few techniques from anger management can be quite useful. First of all, recognize that you have the right to think and feel any way you want. It's what you do with your thoughts and feelings that make a difference. Then take time and think before you speak or sound off in person on social media, texts, or emails. And it's helpful to first write down some iterations of what you want to say and then decide how you want to phrase your thoughts. And then once you're calm, if you want to express your anger, use I statements. I statements start with expressing a feeling and then what caused you to feel this way. And then what would you like to see happen? Example is like, 
I'm worried about getting takeout at this restaurant when I see you're not wearing a mask. Could you please put one on? Or I'm upset that you called me a derogatory name or a curse word. I don't like that. I don't deserve to be treated this way, and I hope you won't do it again. So if you're highly upset, take a time out if you can. Find calming techniques for yourself, such as slow, deep breathing, yoga, music, writing in a journal, or talking things out with a trusted person. Identify possible solutions instead of focusing on what made you angry. These steps will help you feel more in control and less at the mercy of your emotions. Some may feel better unleashing their anger, but that is usually only a short-term payoff. Long-term positive feelings about ourselves come from either exercising restraint in certain situations or speaking up without blame or judgment. In other words, being civil. So I want to thank Margie Ryerson for writing that because I think she's right on target. Let's practice kindness. Let's be civil. Let's care about what uh, each other feels. And let's respect other people's opinions. We all have a right to our thoughts and our opinions, as well as to our political preferences. So let's not fight about it. Let's just get on with life and make things better. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. When we come back, Elizabeth McCullough will be with us dreaming the marsh, an environmental fable. I am very excited to talk to her. Stay with me. Be the star you are. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. It's a power party. We could have a pool party because with me is Elizabeth McCulloch, the author of Dreaming the Martian Environmental Fable. She just got out of her pool. <laughs> and I was telling her there's no alligators or crocs in there. She only has frogs. So she has written this lovely, lovely uh, fable that is set in 
Florida, and she's going to tell us more about it. She's been writing for a number of years, but this is her actually first published book. Welcome, Elizabeth, to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Thank you so much, Cynthia. Well, you know, I loved your bio. You were born in Argentina, then you lived in New England, and then the Midwest, then Canada, and then the South, and now you have put down roots um, and I love that you're putting down roots because I, that's the gardener in me and nature in you <laughs> in Gainesville, <laughs> Florida. So um, what? where were you born in Argentina? I was born in Buenos Aires. You were in Buenos Aires. That's such a beautiful city. Do you go it back from time to time? City. Well, I went back. Uh, let's see. It seems to me it was three or four Christmases. Well, let me think. It was five Christmases ago. We went back uh, with our granddaughter, whom we're raising, and it was very powerful for me. I hadn't, I left there when I was six months old. Oh, so you really had I went back and I imagined, especially my mother, but my whole family, they had lived there about 20 years. And um, I just walked around and drove around and thought about the stories I'd heard and tried to imagine their life there. It was it was really powerful for me. And, and how was it for your I granddaughter? Did she feel the same? I mean, were you able to share that? Or I don't know how old she is. How old is she? Well, she is now 17. She was 12 at the time. And she she went back and forth between being a truly obnoxious teenager yeah because <laughs> um, you know at 12 they sort of are there already right they're just starting mature. they're starting to break away oh, at 12 God. 13 yeah so, yeah they want to be there funny I was I was just reading a bit of a diary I wrote when I was in Argentina and I apparently a couple of times I said to her you're embarrassing yourself she, oh my God part of it part of the time she was very interested we went to they do in Argentina, they do Christmas on Christmas Eve, and we went to midnight mass outside. Yeah, but that was beautiful. Oh, it was lovely. And then yeah. we had shopped around, or I had shopped around because I'm the Spanish speaker, for a, a, a Christmas Eve banquet we could afford. And we went to an Indian restaurant, and she was so thrilled. She got to drink champagne. Oh, <laughs> so she, you know, she was like, she was like any teenage girl. Right, sometimes she right. had a great time. Sometimes she was totally horrible. And Does she, she look back spent, on it oh, now as a 17-year-old and say, thank you so much for taking me? Or oh, is that please. the past is past? <laughs> I think no. you've answered the question. <laughs> no, she, I'll tell you, she is as, as wonderful a 17-year-old as anyone could ask for. And she occasionally acknowledges that She's been lucky in, in her raising, but um, these sort of specific thank you for taking me to Argentina, no. You know, it's <laughs> interesting. That. I mean, uh, I think that we're all, when we're raising kids, you know, it's a work in process. <laughs> it's oh, never, it is. It's never, ever finished. Well, let's get to your book, Dreaming the Marsh. Yeah. Now, okay. you have written, you've been writing for, what, over 30 years, at least yeah, three decades? over 30 so. years, probably 34 yes. years now. And you have blogs that you do, The Feminist Grandma, and uh, this is your first book that you published. Tell us about this yes. journey. So it's well, fascinating. It, 
it was a long and tough journey, Cynthia. And I mean, tough in terms of sometimes getting discouraged and, of course, having a life in those 34 years, which disrupted things. I I started seriously writing when my son grew up and left home. I was about 40. And um, I I wrote some short stories and I started sending them out. And eventually I started this novel and I was thrilled with it. This is Dreaming the Marsh. I finished it, or I started sending it out in 1989, so you can see it's been oh quite a while. Oh, my goodness. I mean, is it still the same book you start? Oh, heavens you, no. Oh, heavens no. You, you've done a um, zillion drafts, is what you're saying. Well, um, or rewrites. book, I probably did four or five major drafts. My The book that I have it on submission now, I did 17 drafts, but with Dreaming the Marsh... Um, what happened was I, you know, I, I wrote literally hundreds of agents, and eventually I got an agent for my second novel, which has not been published. Um, she tried for a few years, and, and nobody wanted it. Um, then I went to the small presses, and I tried with them. And um, I came to Twisted Road Publications, which is a Tallahassee publisher, and we spent a couple of years on my second novel until she decided, no, she didn't want it. And then I sent her Dreaming the Marsh, and she came up. And she loved with, it. Well, she loved some things about it. She gave me a two-page critique, a very thorough, which they never do when they but reject I was just going to say, normally you get a rejection. I just get, went no, through my you. library, and I yeah. literally had an entire fad, file cabinet of rejection letters and I had saved them all because I thought oh I'm going to wallpaper someday and then I decided why am I saving these these are all no's I want yeses (laughs) and they don't say very much usually well John as I said a lot of them were just you know it was very nice you know I'm sure it'll find a home somewhere else some of them went into detail but to get somebody to give you two pages of critique and review and how you can improve and what you know that's really remarkable that's and she didn't wasn't planning to take it back but after we had messed around with book number two for a while and eventually she said no I said well I'm going to revise Marsh along the lines she said and what she had said was it's okay to have magic, but the magic has to infuse and be integral to the book. Um, and you know, and that, the, I loved yeah. the magic. Did you have I it all along? Magic. Because, I mean, you grabbed me when the words appeared on the building <laughs> and nobody could take a photo of it. I mean, everybody took photos, but they never showed up in photos. Isn't and that cool? I thought I that was that. fabulous. I loved it. I was like, okay, what is this about? You know, what is this about? So what is that, going on? <laughs> yes. So tell me, did in the original version, did you have that? And that and that, that was, was the only people? magic in the book originally. Really? And then, it really it was. Um, and it had just that verse had come to me. I'm not sure when, but when I was early, early days of the book, the verse came to me. As very rarely things do, and I wrote it down, and that whole story of the magic letters on the wall with this powerful effect, you know, grew from that. But then um, I thought, well, magic, she wants more magic, she wants more magic. And the thing is, Cynthia, 
I, I don't know what the word is for the kind of person I am, but I do not believe in magic at all. <laughs> <But> <laughs> Except the magic of writing. You incorporated this. Yeah, you, you just know? incorporated it. Yeah, and You're writing fiction is kind of magic. Yeah. So then I started thinking about my character, Vernell, who owns That's a coffee shop. That's what I was shop. going to ask you. Did you add Vernell? Because she, I want to ask you more about her. Yeah, tell us about okay. Vernell because I, love I, Vernell. I loved her. How old is she supposed to be? Because she sounds uh, Vernell, ancient. It, well, it, it, she's ageless. She's magic, isn't she? Okay, so she but is she just began, Okay. She began as a um, probably late middle-aged coffee shop owner who was taking okay. care of her dying mother, right? right. And she, she was the place where everybody came and um, talked about what was going on in the book. Um, and she said wise things. Her favorite things she said, or my favorite thing that she said, was talking about her mother, who was, you know, as people do, she was having a tough last couple of years. And Vernell took care of her, and Vernell said... The Lord makes us humble before he takes us home. And I love that line. But anyway, so Vernell. Okay, but as, wait a minute. Stop. You love that line. Did that? Is that another line that came to you? I mean, did it just come to you? Because your other words, you know, deep down and under, up to yeah. the sky, shining and thunder, the wells run dry. I mean, you know, so did that one come to you as well? Well, it, it came to me in a different way. That first came to me out of nowhere when I wasn't particularly working. Uh, the the Lord makes us humble line, I think, came to me as I wrote, you know, the scene. Um, I I have a very, I have a gift that I love, which is there's a lot of, I don't know what you call it, oral, A-U-R-A-L. I have an ear that creates things. Uh -huh. You know, that um, the sound flows. And so that particular line has a rhythm and rhyme, and I love and it, it. Yeah, oh, great. Okay. But but I have to tell you one more major revision. My best friend, who is I dedicated the book to, uh, she was my first reader. I said, so what did you think of it? She loved it. What did you think of Vernell? Well, really, she's just another black woman who feeds people and says wise things. I said, oh, you're right. <laughs> so Vernell was ripe for revision because that is a stereotype, right? Yeah, but I'm what a white was different? woman I mean, writing a black change? woman, and that's what I came up with. Oh, so, what, Vern so what you changed yeah, is you made her... A, a person who really spoke with the ancients, who really had this magic inside ancients. of her. Yes, she is did. That... And she, she is part of the long prehistory of Florida. Her ancestors yes. were the Patano Indians. And she speaks to her ancestors and she speaks to the ancients. Yes. And she understands a great deal more. Well, hell, than I do. <laughs> well, now kind of let's talk about the marsh the because the um, marsh. it was so descriptive. Yeah. It looked like such a beautiful place, and you live in Florida, you know where the Everglades are. And what did you base the marsh on, and the lake, and then the whole idea of the sinkholes? Well, those are very rooted in Gainesville. Um, start with the sinkhole. We have an ancient sinkhole called the Devil's Millhopper, 
which formed, I don't know how many thousands of years ago, but it's a, a deep, deep, deep pit. And all these trees, it's a wood, it's a forest down there. Mm-hmm. And in fact, um, it has a climate down there that the, the trees that grow there are sort of North Carolina type trees. Um, I can't explain that because I'm not a scientist, but it's a place that is now a state park and we go there and hang out. No, oh, it's, so it's beautiful. It must oh, be really beautiful. It's lovely. I, I love Florida, and I love being outside in Florida. Um, so the second place is Payne's Prairie, which is the marsh. And Payne's Prairie was formed by sinkholes. It's, it's south of Gainesville. It's a, also a state park. It was formed by sinkholes. And um, several times in the last century and a half, the sinkholes have gotten plugged up, and it's become a deep lake or a shallowish lake. Um, actually, that's happened twice since I've been in Gainesville. But in the 19th century, the end of the 19th century, it was such a permanent seeming lake with such depth that there were steamboat excursions across the lake, little uh, sort of tourist things where wow. you could get on the steamboat and take a picnic. And then... The lake so that kind of that sort of informed your idea of the lake where JJ Visions is going to build then with views of the lake. Yeah. Yes, exactly. They were going to have this lovely uh luxury condominium development uh facing out over the marsh and um over the lake and then the lake disappeared. Um uh, yeah. <laughs> I want to get because I, I had such visions. While I loved the way you wrote, you wrote very descriptively. So I really felt like I could see. I was experiencing it. I was going on the hikes with Tyler, and you know, I really. But I want to know more about their characters of Randall, Carol, and Tyler. Um, oh, the triangle. The triangle, absolutely the triangle, uh, because that was fascinating. I mean, Randall sounded like such a pompous, <laughs> I don't know, he's probably great looking, but not a whole lot upstairs. He was, seemed so concerned about what, where, you know, his status and how he looked and his money and all of that. And Tyler was just the absolute opposite. He just was, he was. yeah, he just really is about the environment and nature and geology. He just loves geology. So he tell us about your characters. You. And then Carol, okay. interesting, interesting. She's just sort of like every woman. That's interesting that you say so. Well, Cynthia, let me take off on these three. Yes, please. I have talked to a number of book clubs, and I always ask them, how do you feel about the decision that Carol made choosing between these two men? And half the women call her, uh, you know, a money-grubbing, you know, uh, whatever. And the other half said, the sexual spark isn't there. And if the sexual spark isn't there, um, there's no point staying with this one, with Tyler. And And speaking of sexual spark, you've got a lot of sex in this book. Did you ever leave the comments? (laughs) (laughs) The comments have a lot of sex. I mean, <laughs> I mean, in the book, I don't have a lot. Yes, lived in the book. <laughs> anyway, you did it. You did a very, a very uh, great job about it. But that's an interesting comment because 
she she was definitely a very a romantic, a sexual individual, but she was also a practical woman and loved, you know, just really into her kids. Although she took great care of herself and in her job, she was really presentable. But Randall was always embarrassed of her. Yeah. Well, she was not educated. And here's the thing. Let me defend Randall for a moment, because now, do you write fiction? No, I've never written fiction. I've written eight so. books and I'm my ninth, but I've never written fiction. I don't know if I, I'm, you know, I, I don't ever say never, but um, I'm not sure I know how to write fiction. I know well, I, just I don't like- know how to write the sort of thoughtful, you know, uh, life life um, advising books you write. Yeah, but what's interesting, this was, is why we're all so different, right? It's, exactly, and that's why right. there's so many books. I know, I know. It, and it's great because everybody needs a choice. But tell exactly. us about, it. was Randall based on somebody that you know? No, he was not. Um, it's a compendium here, of all the different here guys. Here is um, the thing, for me, when I write fiction, it doesn't matter what kind of asshole my character might be. I love him. Because I know him from his toes to his gorgeous blonde hair or whatever color hair the guy had. I don't he remember started, what he color. He sounded hair. like he was gorgeous. He sounded like um, he was very gorgeous. He was very attractive. He yeah. was very attractive. Um, yeah. But he, you know, there's a little bit in there about his mother and how she would make the boys sit down and tell her their dreams. Mm-hmm. And she was this very, Randall is completely insecure and uncomfortable. and. He's not happy in himself, you know? Right. And, and Carol's um, so very just, happy in who she is, uh, you know, other well, than she would like to have more money. But pretty much she's she really seems like a very comfortable woman. She's pretty solid. Tyler is even more solid. See, I loved Tyler. I really I did. I love Tyler. I love Tyler, Tyler probably very much. is not good looking. He probably has googly eye glasses and... You know, he, he wears the same shirt and pants every day. But boy, he was a good guy. He, he you just made him a round face like a potato. Oh, uh, okay, <laughs> yeah, I can picture him. You know, at least yeah, in my mind, I can picture him. But I loved, I loved his heart. I just loved his heart he and how caring he was. And you know, when you said he loves geology and he loves the earth, he does. But the first romantic love he's ever felt is Carol, it's and terrible. it knocks him for a loop. Right. He, he just, I mean, it broke my heart when I broke his heart. If you I know. know. I mean. You know, you broke was, my heart, too, because I, know, I, I, broke was, I, wanted, but, I wanted her to see, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not encouraging any extramarital affairs, but Maybe she oh. could have gotten her sidekicks with Randall and and, and ended up with Tyler. However, that would be so wrong to Tyler. No, yeah. um, I mean, I'm 73 and I've been around and I do believe I'm extremely lucky in my marriage, which happened when I was 51, but you have to have the passion. Mm-hmm. You also have to have, I believe, uh, common values and laughter and minds that like to chew on the same, all that stuff, right? Right, right. Um, So uh, are they going, is Randall going to acquire all these things? (laughs) um, Well, I said to one friend, 
One friend wrote to me about her disappointment about Randall. I, I don't want to, you know, do spoilers, but we've already done spoilers. Uh, I, no, I don't but want to I do said, spoilers either. That's why I can't say much. Right. I said, you know perfectly well that it's not going to last. But the other thing that Carol had, which I had when I was young, although to a lesser extent, I was a single mother and and very overburdened uh, with just one kid. but. Um, I was very young. I was first a VISTA attorney, which is very poor, and then a legal services attorney, which isn't real rich. And yeah, things were always a struggle. And and that's not that's not entirely true because I knew if I got in trouble, you know, financial trouble, I knew my parents would help. And which is huge. It's huge. That's huge. a that's a really big thing. But you're also a giver. I mean, you are have been a longtime activist on all kinds of poverty issues as yeah. um, being an attorney for one. You've helped run a homeless outreach um, van yeah. and food pantry. So, you know, a lot of your reward, kind of like what mine is, is when you help others, you help yourself. There's something wonderful about helping others. There is something so, extremely wonderful. It, um, yeah. It's, it's not I monetary, but it makes you feel, it makes you yeah. full inside, like you're making a difference in the world. And it's so important to make a difference. Well, to me, it's important to feel good. I think maybe, <laughs> maybe all my life I felt I wasn't good, so I keep trying to be a good person. Oh, now you're being good. But, oh, now you're telling us the secrets, Elizabeth. Well, now we're learning. Know, nothing stays <laughs> secret for long, does it? But well, listen, we are so running out of time, so I want you to... Um, Lee, I'm going to give your website out, of course, but I want you to kind of sum up what you want readers and listeners to take away from Dreaming the Martian Environmental Fable. We're talking with Elizabeth McCulloch right now. What would what would you like uh, them to know about this book or about you or whatever you want to share? Okay. Um, I think... Dreaming the Marsh is not characteristic for me because my obsession is more poverty and justice and stuff. Somehow this environmental book with filled with magic that I don't believe in <laughs> grew up inside me. And it is my joy in life now after, you know, many years of teaching law and being a lawyer and all that stuff. I've found my true calling. Um, I love making stuff up. And then I love my language. I love the way I write. I have mostly great happiness in this work with occasional frustration or right now with everything that's going on, I'm struggling a little more. Um, but if, if you can find, I don't know why I'm saying this like a preacher, but well, no, if, you if you, what you're saying you is love. find your joy, find your joy. Exactly. There's everybody has something that is going to turn them on and make them passionate exactly. about living. No matter whether and, you're paid or not paid. And that's and you what may you're not doing. be able, you may have to do it on the side. Um, yes. Have but, a side gig. Your own joy matters. And yes. that book, I love my book. Yeah. And what you'll find in that book, and I hope this next book that I hope will get published, my characters are complicated and interesting. And my writing is, it's very accessible, but it's, I think it's lovely. But it's fun. <laughs> 
Well, and I really enjoyed. I, I, is, I, I really enjoyed Dreaming the Marsh, an environmental fable. I love everything that has to do with nature, anyway. And just adding these characters was was so um, enlightening. And that little bit of magic. I mean, just as you, it's it's subtle, but it it made me think. You know, it makes you think because when I'm out in nature, I feel like nature is. Uh, is magical. It's mysterious. Mm -hmm. I don't, you don't understand it. So you having that little bit in there, it, it really added something. So please go to her website, Elizabeth McCulloch author.com. And I have to spell it Elizabeth E L I Z A B E T H. And then McCulloch M C C U L L O C H. She has three C's in McCulloch. I love that. And two L's. It must be a very good uh, number. And of course, you can get the book um, anywhere that books are sold or online or um, at the publisher as well. And that's, that's Twisted right. Made Publications, right? And I would like to say if any book clubs would like to adopt it, um, I love book clubs. If they she like loves to, book clubs. they can get a substantial discount by calling the publisher. If they want and to buy it as opposed number, to getting it from the library. May I get the phone number out? That of, phone of number. the publisher? Absolutely. Yeah. This is to the publisher. The publisher, Twisted Road Publications, 850-570-0631. And you can ask for a book club discount. And that's for book clubs. And this is a really fun book for a book club because you're going to get a lot of people with a lot of different opinions. And, mm -hmm. and uh, Elizabeth just gave you a little touch of it of like, who likes Tyler? Who likes Randall? What do they think? You know, blah, blah, blah. I think it's fascinating. So, Elizabeth, I thank will you happily, so much. I will happily virtually attend any book club meeting. I've done that twice now, and it's just so much fun. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. Well, see, you're living your joy. So, thank I you am. so much Cynthia, for coming. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for coming on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. The novel is called Dreaming the Marsh. It's an environmental fable, Elizabeth McCulloch. So pick a copy up, elizabethmcculloughauthor.com. I'm Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. And I will be right back with our final segment. Be the star you are. The star you Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. When working with an indecisive client, do you get frustrated? Here are a few questions to ask yourself before you can resolve the indecision flu. Have the needs of your clients been clearly articulated? Do you understand what they're really looking for? Do the products or services you offer meet their needs, or would it be better to refer your client elsewhere? Is the timeline for your products or service in sync with the timeline the client wishes? And if your client isn't clear on what he or she wants, once, are you able to read between the lines or rephrase the questions so that you're not working with a yes or no answer? Keeping the best interests of your client will serve you best as well in the long run. Pushing a sale or on a reticent client results in lack of trust. The question 
how can I best serve your interests? It goes a long way to establishing a rewarding relationship and a client that returns for more business. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's CynthiaBryan.com. Be the star you are. The star you the annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. Bethestarur.org. Dare to care. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show. Well, wasn't that a fun interview? It's a really fun book, Dreaming the Marsh. There's so much uh, twists and turns in it. The characters are really different. And there's a set of twins that we didn't even talk about, but they're the ones that had something to do with the commune. So, you know, you'll have to, you'll have to check it out. Elizabeth com. Well, Sirius was very serious. You know, when the ancients first observed Sirius emerging as it were from the sun, they believed the power of heat to have been so excessive that the sea boiled, the wine turned sour, dogs grew mad, and all other creatures became languid. That was written by John Brady in 1813 in a compendious analysis of the calendar. <laughs> well, when I, uh, when I wrote my uh, last column for the newspaper, I called it the dog days of summer. And I was, you know, I am forever the optimist. No matter what's going on, I'm always an optimist. And I intentionally left out the part of the old farmer's almanac from 1817 that says, make both hay and haste while the sun shines. For when old Sirius takes command of the weather, he is such an unsteady, crazy dog. There's no dependence upon him. And we're talking about Sirius, the dog star. Well, we have in the last month totally witnessed the ravages of Sirius with thousands of lightning strikes causing more than a thousand wildfires. Millions of acres burn now throughout the West, uh, gusty erratic winds, radically unhealthy air quality, and ash blanketing the state. Today here in Northern California, I'm near San Francisco, we are experiencing the 30th day of red alerts and the 30th day of spare the air. It has never happened before. More land has burned in the last few weeks than burned in all of 2019. And death and destruction are the horrific aftermaths, as we're seeing, uh, reading about Oregon, Washington. It's happening everywhere. Josh was telling me it happens in Arizona, too. 
Um, uh, the Napa County farm um, where I grew up and which we still work was amongst the blazing landscapes. I mean, everybody living in that valley where our vineyards and ranch reside were evacuated. Yet firefighters were so engaged elsewhere battling numerous other infernos that it was left to my brother and his son, literally, they stayed behind on their tractors to cut roads and create safety zones and clear debris. And, you know, they were able to save the houses and the barns and the the vineyards, the hills, the pastures are all gone. And it looks, you know, it's pretty devastating. And there's still ash everywhere here. But between this brutal pandemic, the perverse politics, the sizzling heat, the suffocating smoke, I think that all of us have a reason to despair. But to thwart a fire on my hillside, I have been working tirelessly cutting down my dried perennials and annuals to ground level. And the only beauty that I really have in my garden right now are the blushing naked ladies, because fortunately I've, I planted them and I'm not talking about naked ladies. I'm talking about the plants, naked ladies. Um, I planted the bulbs in a succession. So they've been blooming, you know, some die with, they die within about a month, but I've been having succession of these beautiful plants for the last two months. And I have lavender society, garlic plants and passionflower vines. And of course my crepe myrtles. So, and that looks really beautiful, but the ground is parched. We are totally in a drought, but I had to repair a broken water pipe the other day so I could irrigate this arid field. And, you know, all of a sudden my optimism just resurged. I, mean, I had swallowtails that were flitting through the smoke-filled air. They were searching for a colorful place to land. And a hummingbird settled on my string of patio lights. And then it went nuzzling my pink jacobinia, which was growing in a cement urn. And then there was this five-line skink. Those are also called those blue-tail lizard. It perched on a nearby boulder. It was totally uninterested in what I was doing. But the way lizards do, it kept bowing to me. And I kept thinking, you know, this is pretty cool. So I completed my project. I walked up to my tangerine tree. Um, I <laughs> headed for the hammock. And I just let the juice drip down my chin. <laughs> so I thought swinging, I contemplated my future gardening desires. So after a, tr a summer filled with um, climatic extreme, sowing seeds for bountiful harvest for late uh, fall and early winter salad greens is something that we can look forward to. And what seeds do you want to plant? Well, how about lettuce, spinach, arugula, Swiss chard, kale, beets, fennel, turnips, broccoli, carrot? kohlrabi, shallots, garlic, radish, because we can, um, as soon as it is wet, and I know in some parts of the country there are the hurricanes, unfortunately, then you can go ahead and start um, getting things in the ground. If you plant your seeds now, you're just going to have to keep them watered. And summer will be ending very soon, in the next week. So it is an opportune time to check for sale and clearance items that you may want for your outdoor landscaping. And I have written a great article on how to be prepared in the event of an emergency, any emergency. You can find that on my website, CynthiaBryan.com. You can just look for um, get ready to be evacuate. The Roman poet Virgil describes Sirius as the bringer of drought and plague to frail mortals, rising and saddening the sky with sinister light. So 
the veracity of his narrative has really been realized this year. The sea hasn't yet boiled, but let's hope the wine doesn't spoil. I'm concerned about it because we're in the midst of what they call um, the smoke. So unfortunately, we're just hoping that we don't have our grapes smoked. So I'm grateful to my brother for saving our ranch. But now, more than ever, we need big doses of humor, hope, and healing. So let's employ kindness and empathy for one another as we prepare for planting seeds and autumn bulbs. There's going to be a bright, beautiful spring. It's only two seasons away. So embrace optimism and gratitude. And thank you so much for being here with me on Wednesdays with Writers and Performers, our special event that we are doing as part of Operation Disaster Relief. Make sure you are tuned into this station every week on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, Wednesdays, 4 to 5 p.m., coming to you live on Voice America. And tune in to Express Yourself Sundays at 3 p.m., also on Voice America. You can change your life. You can make your dreams come true. For more information on how you can make a donation to Be The Star You Are to keep us programming and bringing you these incredible authors and experts who grace our airwaves, visit BeTheStarYouAre.org or BTSYA.org. For more information about me, CynthiaBryan.com, I am doing Zoom presentations and consultations so you can book it. Our aim is to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate you. Read a book this week, and I suggest Dreaming the Marsh, an environmental fable by Elizabeth McCulloch. And until we celebrate next week, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep you happy. I am Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. I thank you and encourage you to be the star you are. In other words, be your unapologetically authentic self and do something you love. Bring yourself joy. Have a wonderful week. Thanks for joining me. I'll be here next week, 4 p.m. Pacific. Until then, be good, be great, and be kind. Be the star you are. The star you It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.